Amen. I can't sing it like that, but I'll stand right there in the old-time way. Thank you. That's the old-time way quartet, and I appreciate them very much. Lamentations chapter 3. I uh, have about a 45-minute sermon, but I have only 30 minutes to preach it, and I'm well aware of that proverb that says the mind can only comprehend what the seat can endure, and uh, so I want you to, and then the other proverb sermons don't have to be eternal to be divine, and, uh, but anyway, uh, those are preacher's proverbs. I want you to listen. I believe the message this morning is very important. Verse number 27 is our text verse. Verse 27 is our text verse, and here's what it says. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Now, make note of that and mark your place there, verse 27. I'm going to read two other verses to you without you turning to them. And that would be what we would call a cross-reference of that verse and that statement that says, it is good that a man should, uh, that he bear the yoke in his youth. Psalm 94, verse number 12, the Bible said, Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth, O Lord, and teaches him out of thy law. Now Psalm 119 and verse number 71, I'll read without you turning to it, a cross-reference verse. The Bible said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. I want to preach this morning on this subject, strength for our burdens, strength for our burdens. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. Uh, Lord, I humbly ask, please, to use me in your will and in your way as I preach this truth this morning. I desire to use uh, the right words. I desire to use the proper illustrations. But more than that, I desire the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to what I cannot speak to. I can speak to the mind and the intellect, but Lord, it is the heart where changes take place, and I pray that you would speak to the heart this morning. I desire to be a help and a blessing to our people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please listen to the story and the context for the message this morning. Jeremiah the prophet is the writer of the book of the Lamentations. It is one of the saddest books in all of the Bible. Jeremiah tells the story of how the nation of Israel, though they were warned to turn from their sin and rebellion back to faith and obedience to God, they went ahead in their sin and their nation was totally wrecked and ruined under the judging hand of God. You understand God blesses obedience he prospers obedience. Think of this illustration, if you will. The children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they had no army, they had no might, and they had no power. They did have faith in God, and they were obedient enough to follow Moses and leave that land. Nothing in their faith and obedience could stop them from leaving Egypt and getting to the land of Canaan. God prospered them in their way because of their obedience and their faith. We see them in the nation of Israel, in the land that God had prepared for them. Nothing can now protect them even though now they have an army. 
they have the blessings of the land. But that does not protect them from the judging hand of God because of who they have become or the might and power that they have acquired. And God judges them at that time. You see, it's not what we have, it's who we trust in. It's who we obey that prospers our lives, our families, and our nation. Jeremiah is lamenting what has happened to this nation. Just trying to find a picture in my mind of what the land of Israel must have looked like. I think recently of those pictures of Florida after the hurricane and the flooding came in and to see the devastation and to see the homes ruined and many of them completely gone Islands that were once thriving with houses and businesses left now to nothing more than an island. When Jeremiah looks at the nation of Israel, he laments, he weeps. He's not just sad, he mourns because he recognizes what has happened because of this sin. Then... In this passage of scripture, he turns from his weeping and mourning and he recognizes that God could have killed all of them, totally annihilated the nation from the face of the earth and he begins to thank God for his grace and mercy. So often we just get angry at God for the punishment. Jeremiah says, I'm glad it wasn't worse than what it was. Though some died and though some uh, were destroyed, we still have a nation and an option of revival and freedom. Look at verse number 22, Lamentations 3. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. That's where I am in America today. I am thankful that we just have the freedom for another election. We have the freedom for a revival. We have the opportunities that we have. He says in verse 23, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. He then teaches a very important lesson in verse number 27, which is the message I want to give us today. At the time of the writing, Jeremiah is now an older man. He knew Israel in its days of blessing and prosperity. He knew Israel as a nation when it was strong and mighty, when it was obedient to, to God. He then knew a nation that had rebelled against God and he delivered the message of God that he's going to destroy the nation if you don't turn from your sin. He now knows the nation when it is in desolation and he laments over the judgment that has fallen on the land. In that perspective, he makes the statement, it is good for a man to bear his yoke in his youth. Now what does Jeremiah mean by this? He is saying this past generation of people, they have not known judgment, they have not known trials, they have only known blessing and prosperity. They've only known the goodness of God. They've only known the good times and as a result they are, if you will, fat 
and sassy and full of pride. They had to come to the place, or they had come to the place where they had no fear of God. In fact, they went along about their merry lives with no thought of God. They had heard warnings before, but nothing ever happened, and so they went along their merry way, and they came to the place of destruction. And Jeremiah is saying, if they would have just learned in their youth difficulty, judgment, if they had learned the chastisement of the Lord in their youth, they would have heeded the warnings and they would not have rebelled and come to the place of total destruction. But because they have lived in a time of just prosperity, they've lived in a time of blessing and they never bore the yoke in their youth, they don't know the responsibility that they have to freedom. And because of that, their nation is ruined. When you look at America's history and just back in a hundred years, you recognize it has been the difficulties that we have faced as a nation that has made us strong as a nation. For example, the greatest generation we refer to is that World War II generation of men who just as teenagers, some of them not old enough to be in the military, lied about their age because they wanted to fight for their country. And those young men in World War II, they brought the victory to the nation. Now, where did that come from? Well, they bore the yoke of the depression when they were little. Are you listening to me? Now, we don't like tough times, but tough times are good for us. We don't like responsibility. We'd rather be given everything, but when you're given everything, you become spoiled rather than people of responsibility. And what happens if we don't bear a yoke in our youth, we're spoiled when we come to the place of adulthood and we're surprised, and we live in a day-to-day. Anything happens uh, that is a disaster. Uh, folks are mad at God. Jeremiah said, you don't see it the way I see it. The way I see it, you could be totally destroyed. You better be thankful you're still alive. Are you with me this morning? And so he teaches us a lesson. It is better, it is best to learn as a youth. It is better to bear the yoke in their youth. For example, it is better for a child to have parents that teach, instruct, and then discipline them as children so when they grow older, they understand the reality in life. I remember my dad telling me, he said, Son, I, I, I don't, I don't want to have to give you a, a whipping. I don't want to. But if you don't learn that disobedience brings discipline and disobedience brings a consequence, there's going to come a day you're going to think you don't have to keep the law. You're going to end up in jail. And it would be better for me to go ahead and give you a whipping now and you understand you're supposed to obey your mom and dad. You're supposed to obey your teacher. You're supposed to obey. Somebody help me this morning. You're supposed to obey those who are in authority. And if you learn that as a child, you won't have any problems when you're an adult. But he said the problem is Israel's had a time of prosperity. And, and, and I fear, I'm telling you, I fear all of the bailouts and all of the things. And, and you say, preacher, you want us to have a hard time? I want us to bear our yoke in our youth so we know how to be men when we get older. 
It is better when we rear our children with responsibility. It is better for a teenager to bear burdens as a young person and have responsibility as a young person and discipline as a young person so that they can learn from their mistakes. The psalmist said, it is good for me that I'd been afflicted. I'm glad I got whipped in a little way so I didn't get whipped in a big way. You know what Jeremiah would preach? He would say, Jeremiah would put a yoke about his neck and uh, he would say you need to get in this wooden yoke and you need to be obedient to the laws of the land and the laws of God and if you'll be obedient to God he'll give you prosperity they took Jeremiah and they broke the yoke and they made fun of him and they threw him in jail they said we're not going to wear a yoke and Jeremiah said if you won't wear a wooden yoke that you can break then God will give you an iron yoke that you can't break you know, I, I'm concerned in our society today that every time we have a hard time, we look to government for bailout. You know what's been the greatest blessing of what's gone on in southeast Kentucky and that Kentucky River Basin is to see people helping people. And story after story where groups of people come together and help get material and help rebuild a house and help get somebody back. Hey, that's not just the American way. That's the Bible way. That's the way we're supposed to live. And he said it is better for them to bear their yoke in their youth. Now, let me reset in just a way and then I'll bring these two things together. One of the most important, one of the truths in the Bible that is such a blessing is that in the Bible there are many verses that are giving, given in what is referred to as the linear verb tense. And what I mean by that, verb tense is when the action in a sentence takes place. And the linear verb tense means that this don't happen one time, but it happens over and over and over and over again. Uh, for example, when you, when you read a verse, uh, it, uh, the verb tense will tell you if that's already happened in the past or if it's going to happen in the future or if it's happening now. A simple uh, illustration, uh, the word jump, the word jumped in the past and the word jumping, I would illustrate it, but I don't feel like jumping. And, uh, 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 or jumping, I, I, I could, but I wouldn't have the breath to finish the sermon. Uh, and so jumping is a continual action. Now, in the word of God, when you find the promises of God, if you'll study those promises, you'll find those are not for the past, those are not for one time, but they're in the linear verb tense, which means that you do them over and over and over again. Now, what Jeremiah said, the best way to learn truth is to learn it when you're young and learn it when you're older and keep learning it in life to the place that you don't just learn it, but you live by it. It's better for us to learn responsibility in our youth. It's better for us to learn discipline in our youth. It's better for us to carry burdens in our youth because when we carry burdens in our youth, it matures us to carry burdens when we are adults. Let me give you some illustrations. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. 
Uh, in 1 Peter 5, 7, we have an example of this linear tense verb. And uh, it is uh, very important to understand 1 Peter 5, 7 has no expiration date. You buy a gallon of milk, it's good for so many days. has an expiration date. You buy uh, food, uh, you buy peanut butter, has an expiration date. None of it's ever expired at my house. And uh, with uh, three boys and two girls, uh, uh, we, we, we'd have had hogs, they'd have starved to death because we never had any leftovers. But anyway, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, here's what the Bible says. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's not for one time. That's for this morning. And that's again for this afternoon. And that's again for this evening. And then tomorrow morning, this is in the linear tense. Well, how often can you cast your care on him? Every time you have a care. And the best time to learn that is when you're a child and when you learn as a child that you can cast your care on him for he careth for you. It helps you to carry more things as you go through life realizing that life is not dependent on others. Life is not dependent on a government. Life is not dependent on my ability. Life is dependent on my faith in God. I can cast my care on him for he careth for me. I want to tell you something. It's a very difficult thing as a, uh, as a teenager to find out my dad had cancer at the age of 38 and was going to die in a few months. That was a tough thing. But I remember during those days lessons my dad would teach me. For example, in times of sickness, he would say, Son, read the Bible to me. Dad, what do you want me to read? And he'd always say first, Read Psalm 34. Well, Psalm, Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm thinking, it doesn't look very good. This doesn't look like a happy time. But here's what he had learned in his youth that he wanted to teach me in my youth that I don't bless the Lord according to how I feel. I bless the Lord, and, uh, the Lord according to what he deserves and he deserves my praise because he gave me life and not only did he give me life, he gave me eternal life and no matter what valley I go through, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. So learning in my youth to bless the Lord in tough times has certainly helped me as an adult that I learned years ago. When you go through a valley, you bless the Lord. You don't just praise him on the mountain, you praise him in the valley. And when you learn to do that in your youth, you learn to put the yoke on in your youth and bear the burden in your youth, it makes a mature Christian. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28. Matthew 11 and verse number 28. Here is another example of instruction that's given uh, for a linear verb tense or in a linear verb tense so that we can use this again and again. Now what Jeremiah is teaching, the best time to learn truth is when you're young. The best time to learn responsibility is when you're young. The, less the best time to learn correction is when you're young. The best time to learn chastisement is when you're young. Because when you find out as a boy, now I had the disadvantage of being the oldest brother. So my younger brothers learned, boy you don't say that. And I got some whippings for them. They owe me. They still owe me. How many of you are the oldest in your family? Ain't it the truth? Ain't I preaching the truth this morning? Heaven knows I'm preaching the truth this morning. 
and they learned. And you see, it's, it's, it's best to learn this in your youth. Jeremiah said, our nation's fallen because we got a bunch of spoiled brats that think that they deserve everything from God. And they don't deserve anything. It's by His grace and mercy that they're even alive. And what they have the right to do is work and earn what they have. What they have the right to do is share the load and responsibility. What they have the right to do is obey God. And if they'll learn to do that, then God will bless them when they're adults. But we've lost our nation because we didn't learn in our youth. And I'm concerned about our nation today and what's happening among our youth. And they're not learning to bear the yoke in their youth. Here's another one, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, you don't say, well, I'm going to save that coupon one of these days. I'm going to clip that coupon and use it. That's not a clip-on for one time in use. That coupon has no expiration. So anytime that, you're laid, uh, that you labor and you're heavy laden and you need rest, you can go to God. It doesn't mean we come to him one time. It's in the linear tense. It means come to you every, come to him every time you have a need. And I'm glad this morning uh, that we can learn and young people can learn in their youth. By the way, teach your children. You're going through a tough time. The first place to go is to God in heaven. I'm glad I learned as a boy when we didn't have what we needed, we learned to pray. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not having what you want and working to earn what you need and asking God to bless your work. We're not careful we're going to so spoil a generation that they learn nothing in their youth of difficulty. It's sad that some youth today, the most difficult thing they face is a video game. Trying to get to the next level. I, I'm not trying to mock or make fun of anybody, but I am telling you something this morning. Children need to learn to work, and teenagers need to learn to work, and they need to learn responsibility. Because if they don't, they'll not learn character. And they'll not learn that the instruction of God is given line upon line and precept upon precept. God told the nation of Israel, he said, I want you to teach your children what I've done for you. Don't, don't, don't let them forget that when you came to the Red Sea, there was no way over and I've parted the waters. I want you to tell your children so many times that when they have children, they tell them the same story you told them. And when they have children, they tell them the same story that they told them. You know why? That they might set their hope in God. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew 7, verse number 7. We have another linear instruction here, a linear verb tense instruction. Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says in verse number 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. That doesn't mean if I ask God one time, He's going to give me everything I ask for. This means to ask until the answer comes. It means to seek until the answer is found. It means to knock until the response is given. Some folks give up on God. We have to learn that praying is not just a one-time thing that I tell God what to do. There is a process of character building. There is a process of maturing in my praying. When I ask God for something, it may be right, but I may not be mature enough to receive it. And God wants me to ask and work until I'm mature enough to receive the blessings of the Lord. I asked God for this property. I didn't know where it was, but I asked him for this property 15 years ago. 
I asked God for this building and I asked him for that building out there 15 years ago. You say, do you believe it was God's will? With all of my heart I do. Well, why didn't God give it to you then? Because God was maturing us as a church to understand. It's not what you ask for. It's who you ask that matures you and blesses you. And he knows when it's best to give you the blessings that he wants you to have in his will. Are you with me this morning? Don't, don't, don't be mad at God. You say, well, I've asked God five years and he still hadn't given it to me. Well, the Bible doesn't say ask God for five years. It says, ask and it shall be given. How long do you ask until he gives it to you? Or till you're convinced it's not God's will? How long do you seek until you find it? How long do you knock until an answer comes? Let me give you one more. Jeremiah 33, 3. I go to the Old Testament on purpose because uh, many Old Testament promises are, are, are ignored or overlooked because they're in the Old Testament, but God happened to preserve the Old Testament just like he did the New Testament for our generation today. I love what the Bible says here, especially because of the context in which it was given. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 32, Jeremiah is in prison. He is in prison for his preaching, and word comes to Jeremiah, I want you to buy a piece of property that is, uh, that, that is in your lineage. You can buy it, and Jeremiah could have said, why do I want to buy property? We're getting ready to go into captivity. But what he was doing, he was teaching him, I want you to buy it first of all because you have faith in me that I'm going to restore the nation of Israel. Second of all, I want your children and grandchildren to know that you had enough faith in God to obey me while you were in prison. Then we come to chapter 33 and he says in verse number 3, while he was shut up in the court of the prison, the Bible says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Are you in the prison of difficulty today? Are you shut up in a time of terrible circumstance and things are rotten and going the wrong way in your life? What you ought to do is call on the Lord. You say, but look what I'm, a mess I'm in. And I say to you, look what a promise he gave in Jeremiah 33, 3. And it's best to learn this in your youth because what we learn from God today will give us a platform to learn more tomorrow. That was not given for Jeremiah's day only. It was given, it was given and preserved so that I could have it today. I read an interesting story recently and it dates back to Greece in the 6th century and I know there's a lot of uh, folklore and things that come from that. A true story about, and you probably know the story, a man by the name of Milo, an Olympic wrestler. And uh, uh, Milo was one of the strongest, strongest men of that uh, era, of that time in the 6th century. He won a wrestling uh, championship as a child, as a youth, and then he won five wrestling titles as an adult. Milo was known as one of the strongest men to ever live at that time. He defeated every opponent easily and quickly. He was called a superman of strength in his own time. Uh, they would bring things to him, see if he could tear them apart or break them. And, and uh, Milo was an amazing man of strength. They said, how did you get so strong? And they said, well, if you had known Milo from his youth, you would know that there was a calf born, a baby calf, an oxen, a baby calf born. And, and uh, Milo was... Uh, uh, training for uh, strength and wrestling and so every day for a certain amount of time when that baby calf was born he'd carry that calf on his shoulders he did that every day the calf got bigger and he got stronger 
They said Milo carried that little ox around when it was nearly grown. They said, how in the world can this man carry an oxen? He said, because I started carrying him when he was a calf. You say, I don't know how that Christian bears those kind of burdens. Because he started bearing them when he was a young man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how they have so much faith in God. Because they started having faith in God when they were young. I'm just amazed at how much, how much they believe the word of God. How did, how did they get so much knowledge and faith in God? Well, they started when they was young, just as a boy. And their mama pointed to the sky and said, Son, it was God that put the sun in the sky. It was God that caused the moon to shine. It was God that put the stars in the sky. And they began as a child to have faith in God. And that faith increased throughout life. And I'm saying today, wherever you are, whatever age you are in your Christian life, learn the truth of the word of God. God have faith in God because if you'll exercise your faith in God today you'll have more uh, you'll have more faith tomorrow and more faith next month and more faith ne next year and the devil will come and he'll say you might as well give up and you might as well turn back and you're going to say no 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 I'm going to press on because this burden is not going to break me this burden is going to make me stronger Amen. 2 Corinthians 12 the apostle Paul he was given revelation that was beyond what a man should know. And Paul said, to keep me humble, to keep me from being a man of pride, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. It was like the messenger of Satan that would buffet me. Paul said, I prayed three times, Lord, take away this thorn in the flesh. Those three times of prayer were not bedtime prayers. They were seasons of prayer. Oh, God, please take the burden away. And that's how I pray, and that's how we pray. Lord, take away the burden. God said, Paul, I'm not going to take the, way, the burden away. I gave you the burden. But rather than take away the burden, I'm going to give you the grace, which is the strength to bear the burden. And what you're going to do is you're going to be a testimony for the rest of your life to say, the prayer is not, Lord, take away my burden. The prayer is, Lord, give me your sufficient grace that I can bear the burden. That's why Jeremiah said, it is good for a man in his youth to bear the yoke. Because when he learns in his youth responsibility and heartache and trials and burdens and chastisement, it matures him and it becomes a strong Christian when he is an adult. Do we have burdens today? Yes. Is our prayer for God to take them away? Yes. But God said, I'll tell you what I'll do that's better. I won't take away the burden that you have and you go on being a weak Christian. I'm going to let you keep the burden. I'm going to make you a strong Christian so you can bear the burden. Our nation today needs to get back to this book that teaches responsibility, that teaches obedience, that teaches chastisement. If we're not careful, we'll raise folks to the place that they think they're entitled to everything. That brings destruction. We need to raise a generation to say, I'm thankful for the freedom I inherited and I'm willing to fight whatever to keep my nation free. Stand with me if you will. Strength, 
five burdens. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I invite you today to trust Christ as your Savior today. In just a moment, he's going to sing the invitation song, and I, I would invite you, if you do not know Christ as your Savior, to step out of your seat, make your way to the front, let one of these men or ladies take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure Christ is your Savior. If you're here this morning, you're bearing a heavy burden. God's not mad at you, just trying to make you a strong Christian. God knows we need Christians today that are strong, that are stable. Men, women that can carry a load and a burden. That's why our nation has been a great nation. We need to produce more of that. Heavenly Father, bless our invitation, I pray. Bless our altar. I pray that your will be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings on the invitation song, the altar is open. I invite you to come. I invite you this morning. You may be bearing a burden. You may need to come and say, Lord, if you can't take away the burden, I ask you to give me the grace to bear the burden. And when trials come, Lord, help me not to complain. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to have faith in you and you would increase my faith. You would increase my strength. There are many Christians here today that I've known you for a while. And many of you are a stronger Christian today than you were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. You know why? You had some burdens that came to life. You had some trials that came. But you said, by the grace of God, I'll not quit. I'll not turn back. I'll keep my faith in Christ. And you become a much stronger Christian today than you were just a year ago. I say to you today, press on. Press on. Jeremiah is telling this generation, he is telling them that it would have been good had they borne a yoke in their youth. We see this all over our land today. We see young people in their 20s, 30s. They ought to be working, caring for themselves, their families and others, still playing games thinking that life is free and life isn't free. It isn't. Ah, but it's wonderful when you bear your load. When you do what God's called you to do, when you walk in faith and obedience to Him, when you walk in faith and obedience to Him, God gives you strength for today. Aren't you glad for the strong Christians that you know? And when you face a difficult time, you can go to them and say, would you please pray for me? We've grown to admire them because of their faith, their strong faith. That's what we need in our lives. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate, I appreciate so much your attention. And uh, I didn't understand it when I went to my dad with a hurt. And my dad would say, it's good for you. Came home from college one day and I said, they're making fun of me, dad. They call me the preacher boy. I was going to Alice Lloyd College during my dad's sickness. And, uh, and I thought he would encourage me. He said, oh, it's good for you. Be tough. <laughs> no, that's not what I wanted. 
Sometimes we don't need somebody to cry with us. Sometimes we need somebody to say, let's just toughen up and trust in the grace of God. That's what we need. Pray for our buses as they travel today. Brother Swartz, come and dismiss us, please. And then service tonight at 6 o'clock, and we've got a snack on the way out. And it may hold the lineup going out just a little bit, uh, but I want you to uh, stop and get you a snack on the way out. You'll enjoy that. I want to dismiss our seniors right now ahead of the crowd. And Dr. Douglas, I want you to go out with me, if you will. If you haven't met our senator, I want you to meet him. If you have any questions for him or find out how to contact him, you can. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Let's bow for prayer together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we could be in your house today. What a wonderful place it is to gather around your word, singing of your praises that lift our hearts towards you. And Lord, the truths that are spoken and preached and proclaimed from your word each and every week. Thank you, Lord, for this truth. Lord, help us, Lord, not just to say it's good and understand it and know it, Lord, but help us to practice it and live it. Lord, bless the ministries that go on this afternoon. May you work and use us in a great way to be able to reach others for you. May there be a great harvest. Bring us back tonight for another great service. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.